1: Hi friends. Welcome back to Sorta Awesome. I'm your host, Meg Teets. And when I tell you guys, I am absolutely vibrating with giddiness about our guest on today's show. Welcome to Sorta Awesome, Mr. Patrick Hines. Hi, Patrick. Hi. Oh my goodness. Hello. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. I am so tickled to have you on the show today. (laughs) As we were talking before we hit record, I have been listening to True Crime Obsessed and honestly, all of the podcasts in the Obsessed Network from the start. So, oh my goodness, thank you. Absolute fangirl here. I'm trying very hard to just be like a
0: normal person. Oh, but... that's so <laughs> nice. Thank you for saying that. No, I mean, what a what a journey. Thank you for listening to all the shows. They're all so good and so different.
1: I have been so thrilled to watch your journey from starting with Julian Pensavalli and doing True Crime Obsessed. And it's grown into this truly, this whole Obsessed Network. And you guys have live yeah. events. You have so many Shows. It's grown from you guys just like having fun talking about true crime docs together into. An yep. empire, if you don't mind my saying.
0: <laughs> no, I'll take it. Thank you so much.
1: So we are not just going to be talking today, though, about podcasting. We are going yes. to be talking about your brand new book out this week, this very week. Oh, there you are! You brought a prop and oh everything.
0: My, I know. Look at her. I'm. I. I. I can't believe it. Still, when I look at it, I know the cover is like mm, perfection. Nailed uh, it. Really, it. They, they, they nailed it. It's bright pink. It's very me. Yes. To
1: a T. Yes. So the title of the book is Failure is Not Not an Option. How <laughs> the chubby gay son of a Jesus-obsessed lesbian found love, family, and podcast success, and a bunch of other stuff. Patrick, <laughs> I think that's the longest subtitle in the history of publishing. How did you talk them into that?
0: <laughs> no, they talked me. So I, I I, didn't know they wanted me to have a subtitle. The things that like, I didn't know about publishing before I decided to write a book, the title isn't even up to me. Like <gasps> oh. I got to have ideas, okay. but ultimately like the publisher has the final say I really fought for that title. Failure is not not an option because I wanted the book to be silly stories about my biggest epic failures and mess ups and embarrassing moments. You know how like we all have those stories oh, yeah. that we tell like, oh, the time this weird embarrassing thing happened. <laughs> this is like my <laughs> collection of those moments. And so I thought like failure is not not an option. I <laughs> thought that was so funny. Yes. And they're like, that's a lot of words and I had to really fight for it. <laughs> but in the end, they let me have it. But then like two weeks weeks before the, the final version was due, they're like, oh, we want a subtitle. And I was like, what? Yeah, And I didn't know what they wanted for a subtitle, and my, I was going around and around and around. And finally, I was like, I'm just going to write something silly and ridiculous. Because yes. I'd given them a bunch of other subtitles, and they were... I was like, you know, failure's not, not an option. Um, A success story, or right. whatever. And they're right, like, right, right. no, boring. Yeah. And so, you know, like, and finally, I was just like, well, what really describes me? And I was yeah. like, let me just... The, the Chubby gay son of a Jesus obsessed lesbian who found fam (laughs) love family, and then it it was uh, they wanted podcast fame. I was like, "Can we not? We're not doing that. That is not a thing." (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We'll just say success. And then I was like, dot 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 and a bunch of other stuff, and they loved it. And I was I like, okay, it. I guess that's what we're doing.
1: I love it. It's such a mouthful, but
0: how could it not be? Like, <laughs> I know. And honestly, because the book really isn't about me like finding podcasts. It really right. just is like stories from my life. Yes. And like, the important parts are like I'm this chubby, gay, weird kid. My mom's gay, but she's also like obsessed. My mom used to literally write pornographic letters to Jesus, oh my which God. I found— <laughs> I found poor and there's like an excerpt of one in the book. Um, you know, Lord help us. it's about I know. <laughs> there's another whole thing. Like my mom when she was younger, when she was just out of uh college, was really good friends with Glenn Close. What? And yeah, they were really, really, really good oh my friends God. and and it was, it lined up with my mother's like sexual awakening, like realizing that she was gay. And I became obsessed with the idea that my mom and Glenn Close probably did it once or twice. <laughs> and I, my mom would never answer like directly. And I became obsessed that if I ever met Glenn Close, I would ask her to her face. And girl, it happened. <laughs> and I got an answer from Glenn Close, and it's in the book
1: oh my gosh if that isn't the
0: best teaser
1: for a book I, I have ever even heard I you know. guys what even is happening right now
0: I know it's <laughs> wild it was, it was at a party I have one fancy friend who is like a famous person who knows famous people and she had a Christmas party and I knew Glenn Close was going to be there and I got to ask her right to her face
1: oh my gosh okay uh, that I mean that's like yep. the best teaser ever you have I so know. many funny stories we're gonna actually talk about a couple of those today coming up on Sorta Awesome. Welcome back, awesomes, to the show that is all about helping you be smart, strong, and social. If you are looking for a community of support, no matter what age or stage of life you're in, we're so happy that you found us. You've come to the right place. Hey, the best part of our awesome community is not even in the podcast app. It is in our social media groups on uh, Facebook and on Instagram. So if you haven't already, come and join us at Sorta Awesome Show on Instagram and in the Facebook group Sorta Awesome Hangout. We would love to have you there. That is the true heartbeat of our community. Patrick, you know a thing or two about running a Facebook community that becomes oh, a whole goodness. thing
0: that you weren't yes. even anticipating. I'm so glad to hear that you have a Facebook community because yes. ours is the the backbone of our podcast, oh, Absolutely, our Facebook yes. group. It's so, we you know, it's very highly moderated, but, yeah. but in the best possible way, we have five full-time mods who just are in there. We have, you know, a list of rules that we've come up with along the way to keep it supportive and safe yes. and fun and an enjoyable place to go. I'm in there all the time. I don't know what People did before the internet. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like without these like places to go to find like fun and support, like it's the best.
1: Truly. I'm a member of, of course, of the TCO group. And I remember years ago, I either made a post or commented and you like liked it. And I took a screenshot of it and sent it to my sister. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> oh, best day ever. <laughs>
0: that's so sweet. It's so funny. I try to get in there and respond to everything. And like I just oh, love interacting with yeah, people in there. Yeah. And somebody posted a screenshot yesterday. They're like, oh my God, Patrick commented on my post and they sent it to one of their friends (laughs) and somebody sub commented. It was like, he comments on every post. (laughs) And I was like, I try to, like, it's our Facebook fam. I want to get in there and hang out with people. Yes,
1: absolutely. Truly. And and I think that you're so right. You know, careful curated moderation is absolutely the key to online community. Yeah. Yeah. We, we definitely do that too. Okay, so before we get into Patrick's stories, let's go ahead and start this show the way we always do with our awesomes of the week. If you're new to Sorta Awesome, Awesome of the Week is the moment in the show where we just stop and talk about whatever is making life a little more awesome right now. It could be a book or a TV show, a movie, another podcast, a product, an app, something that's bringing that gold sparkle. Or maybe since Patrick's here, that pretty kink to your days. (laughs) Patrick, I, I can't not even believe. I'm so surreal that I'm asking this. But Patrick, what did you bring Aww. for your Awesome
0: of the Week? <laughs> so my Awesome of the Week is um, the, the finale episode of my new favorite podcast called Stage Combat. I've been singing the praises of yeah. this podcast now for, like, months. It just finished its second season. It's a true... It's a it's a theater podcast told, like, a true crime podcast. <gasps> what? Uh, and it's this Okay. One, yeah, it's so... And it's all about mental health. It's actually called Stage Stage Combat, A Mental Health Journey. Okay. And it's about... It's a true story of this actor named Sean Hayden who um, got cast in a show called Billy Elliot at The Good Speed, which is a big, big, big deal theater uh, in Connecticut. And due to the way he was treated he had like a mental health crisis and he ended up having like leaving the show after 10 performances the Goodspeed really did him dirty did not take Mm. care of him it was this you know it was a situation with another actor where and because Sean is also an attorney ultimately he ended up suing the Goodspeed and so he got through Discovery all of their documents about how they handled this crisis that happened to him and he learned all the lies and all the things that went unreported and all the ways that he was really victimized and you know and it was really it's so it's the story of what happened to him um, how he got fired from the show and how he sort of like learned all of the things that really went on behind the scenes and sort of was able to like piece his mental health back together so it's it's called stage combat Um, they did the finale of season two this week and I I was just absolutely obsessed it's a riveting riveting story but also he does like talkbacks at the end of every episode with mental health professionals who sort of talk about all of the different elements of the mental health journey.
1: I love that. I'm going to listen Immediately, I'm so curious too. As a podcaster, a longtime podcaster, I, I wonder if you're like me in the sense that when you're listening to a podcast, are you also thinking about their production the whole time? One
0: hundred percent. And the one of the reasons I love this podcast so much is because the production is in it's absolutely excellent. It sounds yes. like it sounds like something from This American Life almost. It's got that kind of soundscape. It really yes. is so beautifully put together.
1: Love it, love it. I'm the same way. When I'm listening to a podcast, I just I'm noticing all of the things, but not like in a critical way. More like In an admiring way, of like, oh, that was such a cool choice they made. Yes. Love it. Okay. Stage combat. I am going to go find it. ASAP, after we are done recording, in fact. (laughs) Okay, my Awesome of the Week, Patrick, have you watched – I know you probably don't have a lot of time for TV – have you watched (laughs) on Netflix the series Heartstopper?
0: No, but I've heard people love this. So darling. So
1: uh, (laughs) our audience, the awesomes, know I love this series. It is based on a webcomic by Alice Oseman. Um, I have the books. If you can see back there under my candle, I've got the books in (laughs) hardcover. I love it. Oh so much. So Netflix adapted this webcomic by Alice Osman into a TV series. So it's there's Heartstopper, the webcomic, and there's Heartstopper, the, the adaptation on Netflix. So um, I just finished season two, but what I really want to talk about, and, it, and just a reminder, you guys, Heartstopper is the one that's about boyfriends, Nick and Charlie, and their little group of friends, and it's like love and high school drama and angst and joy. Ah. Patrick, this series has altered my brain chemistry. (laughs) I don't watch much TV either. Genuinely, I don't. But this is like so, so, so good. Oh, Um, my God.
0: It sounds amazing. Yes.
1: So not only is Nick and Charlie's story so well done and the adaptation is fantastic, but the soundtrack is brilliant. And that is what I brought this week. This is the official soundtrack put together by the series. It's on Spotify. I have been loving it for weeks, but I wanted to save it for when you are going to be on the show because I need to tell you, the soundtrack has big Indigo Girl
0: vibes. Oh, my God. Oh, yes. that's amazing. It's my favorite band of yes. all time.
1: Yes. Your love for Indigo Girls is legendary. And also, <laughs> it's like Indigo Girls and Scissor Sisters. So, like, if you took yes. Indigo Girls and Scissor Sisters, mashed them up, you've got the Heartstopper soundtrack. It's so great. It has big names like Taylor Swift and the 1975, but also, like, up-and-coming names like Baby Queen and Biba Doobie and Conan Gray. And uh. and I have to show show you this. When you open it on Spotify, it has, let me see if you can see this. It has this cute animation with oh like these God. animated falling leaves, which I've even, never seen that before either. So it's so good. It's so good. Even if oh you don't God. watch the show, the yeah, soundtrack yeah, yeah. is amazing.
0: So, you told me. I'm going to go watch it. I'm going to start it tonight. Is it like a young adult thing?
1: Young adult, definitely. Yes. Yeah. It's Love. so, so great. So Yes. Okay. Well, those were our awesomes of the week. You guys, you know, we love to hear what's awesome in your life as well. So again, come and find us on social media, on Instagram at Sorta Awesome Show. And every single Friday in the Sorta Awesome Hangout, we're asking, hey, what's awesome in your life? So Patrick and I have so many good stories to get into. I cannot wait for you guys to hear them and hear more about his book. (laughs) We're going to get to all of that when we come right back. Okay, friends, I've got a little message for the grown-up possums who are listening. It is getting into the fall season, into snuggle season. Maybe you're spending more time between the sheets this season or wherever your adventures are taking you. It's a great time to try Foria. Foria is using all-natural and plant-based ingredients to intensify sexual pleasure and relieve discomfort. They have a serious cult following with tens of thousands. Thousands of people who have had their sex lives completely transformed through Foria products. In fact, I wanted to share a snippet of a recent review for the Awaken Arousal Oil. This fan of Foria had always been a very sexual middle-aged woman, but when she hit her 40s, she noticed she had a lot more tension down there. Not pain, but just an inability to relax and really get in the moment. She and her husband tried Foria and she says the first time we used it, it literally blew my mind. The change in how I felt down there and all that unfolded was truly remarkable and amazing. My husband and I both agreed that this Foria product was something we would never be without. In fact, she goes on to say that she put it on auto-ship for every other month. Awaken is the Foria product that uses CBD and warming sensation-inducing organic botanicals that enhance arousal, sensitivity, pleasure, access to orgasm, and it helps with comfort. And best of all, it just turns you on. So yes, this snuggly season, you have my permission to try this. I fully endorse you to go ahead and treat yourself to more deeper, fuller pleasure wherever you can find it. And as often as possible, and you can start with a bottle of Foria. Foria is offering a special deal just for you awesomes. Get 20% off of your first order by visiting foriawellness.com slash awesome or use code awesome at checkout. That's F-O-R-I-A wellness.com forward slash awesome for 20% off of your first order. I recommend you try their Awaken Arousal Oil and the sex oil together. You're going to thank me later. Okay, we are back. And Patrick, truly, one of the things that I love about the way you and Jillian have done um, true Crime Obsessed is along the way, the discussions of these um, documentaries, you guys work in so much about your lives, your personal lives, yeah. your stories. <laughs> and uh, like, I love the story that you one time started a daycare, even though you didn't super oh. love kids.
0: Yes. <laughs> so. Yep. That's a real thing. There's a whole chapter about it yes. in the book. Yes. Oh, man.
1: one of the One of my favorite stories that I feel like I have only heard bits and pieces of through the years is yeah. how there was one time when you'd like sort of mm, fudged your way into becoming a personal assistant for BR36 oh right
0: <laughs> Well, no, that, it's two different stories. Oh, so two different I, stories. I was, okay. Yep, I was once I once faked my way to becoming a personal assistant. That is true. Like okay. a, like an admin, that was like a nightmare. I'm the I don't even know like <laughs> I don't know Microsoft Word barely, and I became like an administrative assistant. But there was another story where okay. I was the host for B Arthur for a weekend at my oh. college.
1: Oh, she, okay. We have to hear yeah. the story. Okay.
0: Okay. So my my really good friend at the time was the president of the Musical Theater Society okay. uh, of Emerson College. Okay. And I had gotten, I, I had wanted to be an actor. I thought I'd wanted to be on Broadway. I had tried to be in the musical theater program in college. I was so bad. I never even made it into the program. Oh, no. And so, <laughs> yeah, like by my sophomore year, I was doing internships, trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And I got an internship uh, at the Maddie in the Morning show. Okay. Which is like the number one, you know, morning show in Boston or whatever. And I was so excited because I thought I was going to meet all these celebrities because there was always celebrities on the show. And what I failed to realize was that like the celebrities. Called in, they didn't like come to Boston to like oh. go into the studio to be on the show. But I, I made such a big deal about it that I just lied to all my friends. I was like, "No, JLo Lo was in today, and Gwyneth Paltrow was in. They were all on the show, but they had like called in. And like, I never met anybody. Fam- I mean, I'm like in the background getting coffee for everybody. Like, nothing cool yes. about this internship, like at all. So when my when B. Arthur was coming to the school, they were like, "Oh, Patrick, like sees celebrities all the time. He hangs out with celebrities every day. He'd be perfect to be the host for B. Arthur." <laughs> so I was like, "Sure!" i was like, "I'd love to do that." And I was obsessed with her, of course, because of, of course. Golden Girls, yes. And whatever. Yes. And it was just a nightmare from the start. Like, I, my sister and I went, my sister lived in Boston at the time, and we went to the airport to pick her up. And she, like, got off the airplane, and she was just a disheveled mess. She was so old and like I I just now I feel bad like it's hard for me like to fly across the country. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. was like in her 70s oh, no, and she it. like I just taken this long. I know she looked a mess. She was so grumpy. I because I knew nothing about celebrities I had like three dozen roses waiting for her at the gate which like just the last thing a celebrity wants is to have attention called to them the second they get off an airplane. Right? And so I remember she looked at me and the very first words she ever said to we were who are those for and i said those are they're for you and she goes no they're not and she took them out of my arm and walked over to the trash can and just dropped them on top oh, of the trash can.
1: Oh, my gosh. <laughs>
0: what? She, I introduced myself as Patrick. She called me Peter the entire time. So we go to baggage claim, and we go and we get her bags. And then be, uh, once again, thinking sh- this is how you handle celebrities, I had gotten a 12-person limousine oh. for three people. Oh, for bless For me it. and my sister and for <laughs> B. Arthur. And uh, I remember when she saw the car, like this enormous right, limousine right. Char- yeah. Trying to like wiggle its way It was like to pull up. She was like, Peter, it's that, that car's not for me. And I was like, it is, B. I'm so sorry. And then we got in, and I just, I, I don't know why I had had them remove the bar, and oh. all she wanted was a drink, and there was no booze in the car. Oh, and she no. I remember her asking me if there, Peter, is there a bar in here? And I was like, no, B, I had them take it out. She goes, wrong choice, Peter. <laughs> and then we were on the way to the hotel and she was like, I'm hungry. Where can we get food? <laughs> and we stopped at the pizzeria Uno in Kenmore square. We like just getting B. Arthur out of the limousine was its own challenge. Oh. Cause she's like six feet tall. Yes. And we're just like, we'd like literally pull her out of the limo. <laughs> We go in and the hostess was like asking how many people were in our party and B. Arthur started ordering cocktails from the hostess. She was like, I'll take a double absolute citron vodka. Neat. She just wanted a warm cup of vodka. God I'm dying. I oh, know. My and then we go and we sit down at the table and she was all upset about her day the next day. Cause they, they had given her like three, her itinerary said that she was going to be at like the beauty parlor for three hours, yeah. getting ready for the event that she had. And she thought that was too long. And I was like, let me go call my contact and see. And he's like, no, that's what the, that's what they told me that they needed for her. I was like, great. So I go back to the table and she, she's like, Peter, did you talk to Richard? <laughs> I was like, Yeah. They, Richard said that you needed three out. Like it was the, what they decided, not what he's decided. So yeah. that's what they're gonna do. <laughs> well, obviously you didn't talk to him. <laughs> oh my god, this is I know horrible. It was horrible, horrible. And then we get back to the hotel. Am I allowed to say like bad words on this podcast? You can say bad words, yes. <laughs> Because B Arthur loved the C-word, like legendarily loved the C-word. Oh my god. And you can beep this, because I know this word yeah, is yeah, so yeah. offensive to people. But I she gets on the she's like, get me on the phone with Richard. And I was like, okay, so we're in her hotel room. I call Richard I'm from dying. the room phone. <laughs> B Arthur, I just hear her go, Richard, it's B. I'm sorry to be such a <laughs> but and then like <laughs> dot dot dot. <laughs> explain to him what she wanted for her day the next day and then like he makes it happen she hangs up with richard and she goes well richard seemed to be able to be, i don't know why you're being so difficult about it peter <laughs> and i was like i just could not win with her and then and then this was like this was like the moment i like get her into her bedroom and i turn to leave and she goes peter Find me on TV. I like to fall asleep to the sound of my own voice. Oh,
1: you're kidding. Oh, my no, God.
0: I had to flip through the channels until I found a rerun of The Golden Girls. Thank God. Which B. Arthur got herself into bed and just wanted to go to sleep to the sound of her own voice. This
1: is... Hands down the best celebrity story I have ever I mean,
0: heard it was in oh my, my life. god. Oh if my god. She just yelled at me. And that was the whole weekend. I was like her her escort to this event the next night. She was just got drunk and yelled at me the whole time, called me Peter. The whole time. And then the best part is at it like two years later, I was living in New York City. I was working at this restaurant on the Upper West Side. B. Arthur was doing her one woman show on Broadway. Okay. And one night after the show, she comes into the restaurant, oh, God. sees me, uh-huh. makes a remembered me, makes a beeline over to the bar, and she's like, Oh, we meet again, as though we had, <laughs> had this lovely weekend. Like you bonded like yeah she likes me and she's with this like younger guy who I found out later was her her makeup and hairstylist. Okay. So she goes, "Come and join us at our table and like have a drink with us." I was like, "Great, I'd love to." So I bring over a double shot of warm citron vodka. <laughs> yes. And yes. I sit down and she introduces me to her makeup person whose name was Patrick. Oh. She goes, oh my god, this is Patrick, my makeup artist. And I was like and he reaches out his hand <laughs> and I went, "Hello, I'm Peter. Nice to meet you." <laughs> Of
1: course you did. Of course you did. Oh
0: my And that was it. Gosh. That's my B.
1: Arthur story. And what a story it is. I mean, talk about never meet your heroes. Like, exactly.
0: I, <laughs> I know. I mean, to this day, <laughs> it's like a scarring experience to watch The Golden Girls because I love it so much. But like, she was so mean to me. It was terrible.
1: That is hysterical. I think for people of a certain age, like I'm 46, I know you're in your 40s. I'm like, 45. Yeah, yeah. The Golden Girls was so formative in our 100%. like, 100%. Childhood. And then and yes. so you have this built-up idea, what a dream come true. And then I know. Oh my God. I know. What and then a weekend. what a nightmare. Yes. I know. <laughs> we sometimes talk about like how to overcome imposter syndrome. And oh um, yeah. I'm so curious because you do have so many stories, not just that one, but so many stories where it seems like Patrick, have you ever even dealt with imposter syndrome? Like, I don't think <laughs> for a minute you've ever thought you couldn't do a thing.
0: <laughs> Can I be honest? Like, I will say it is my one superpower is that like, I've never, there is a million things I would, I would change about me, like a mil- and I'm working on it. I've been at therapy my whole life. Like yeah. I am actively working on myself always, but like, I've never had imposter syndrome. Yeah, yeah I've yeah. never like had an idea that I didn't think I could do, and it would like be awesome. Now I have really good people around me: my husband and Natalie, who works for us, who is our director of projects, who would be like, "That's an idea that we are not doing. So put that <laughs> idea away. It is not happening." <laughs> right, right, right. But like, we have this like annual fan convention called Obsessed Fest, yeah. and I was just like, "I wonder if we build this amazing weekend, will people come?" Like, and they did. And you know, it's like we take over a hotel for a weekend, and we. We bring together like the best true crime creators and it's this loving, supportive, wonderful weekend of like true crime and drag queens. You yes, know what I mean? Like yeah. I was like, I wonder if I can make a festival about true crime and drag queens and it would it work and it did, Like yes. I will be honest and say that I I not everything I've ever done has been a success, obviously. Right. But I have never really had that that voice being like you you don't belong here you can't do this this exactly. isn't you know you're not good enough or whatever
1: and I think that must have played into your ability to be like failure is not not an option like okay so if you feel like so what okay like totally give it a try see what happens open a daycare even though you don't like kids what's the worst that could happen <laughs> right like
0: <laughs> yeah and I always say like the thing that, that uh, the thing about failure that is so beautiful is that if you fail at something it means that you tried exactly and if you tried it means you should Showed up for yourself. And I think that is the best in the, this process of working on myself that I've been on for my whole life. That has been the biggest thing that I've learned is that like showing up for myself has been the best self-esteem builder, you know, that I value myself enough to take a chance and have it not work out and to pick myself up and dust myself off. And if, you know, my book is absolutely not a self-help book, but that is kind of, it's just a book of silly stories, but it is, that is the one, if if anybody takes anything away from the book, it's, I hope it's that, that like failure is a good thing that like it means you tried. It means that you, you showed up for yourself.
1: Absolutely. I love that. I love that. And such a great takeaway. I mean, truly. And also, also, when you do that, you might end up with a hilarious B. Arthur story that you can tell at dinner parties. (laughs) Honestly,
0: truly. And it's like, you know, don't take yourself so seriously. That is a hard lesson for me that like when you're living through something embarrassing, it feels like everybody's looking. Right. And it's so, you know, but it's like, you know. Uh, In in retrospect, those are the best stories. Those are the moments that you learn the most.
1: Absolutely. Okay. Well, that was a very fun, hilarious, I will never forget that story story. (laughs) Um, But we have, there's there's some more that I want to kind of dig into a little bit more serious story. So we're going to get to that next story when we come right back. Okay, we are back. And Patrick, one of the things that I have loved as I've listened to TCO through the years and all of the other podcasts is getting to hear stories from your family life. You mentioned your husband, Steve, you guys have a very epic story and all of that. And I know that's covered in the book as well. Yes, And, you know, you're kind of talking about that, that ability to just like take chances. And sometimes it is like in a more lighthearted way. But sometimes there's like big life decisions, like not just, oh, should I do this for the week? weekend or, or something that is more low stakes, sometimes life brings us these huge pivot moments where we're like, I. it's like literally a road diverged in wood. I could go this way and my family will look this way yes. or my life will look this way, my job will look this way, or I can go this other way. And I know a really powerful and intense story from your life with Steve and you guys' family life is how your daughter Daisy came into your life. So I was going to see if yeah. you could tell us a little bit about that, how her, yeah. like, just the the story of her coming into your life and how all of that changed so fast. Talk about a pivot that you had to, like, go, go, go.
0: Yeah, it's so funny. When Steve and I first met, we kind of prided ourselves on, like, being the gays that didn't want kids. Okay, And that it just suddenly, it just changed instantly. Like, in, a, in an instant, we were abroad. The, the, i tell Tell the story. It's actually a a hilarious moment, but, um, I, I, I'll save that. You you know, you can read that in the book if you want to, but you know, we, but there we were and we realized we, we really did want a kid. And we were, you know, we were looking into the options and it seemed so out of reach for us because like surrogacy was like, you know, they were saying it was like $130,000, $140,000. Yeah. And then like traditional adoption was like seventy dollars to eighty dollars to $90,000. We just didn't have that kind of money. For sure. And we were in our mid thirties and we wanted a kid like now. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. you know, we live in New York City and we had seen, I had been seeing forever all of these sort of signs on the subway about foster care, foster to adopt and that whole thing. And, and Steve and I b- were both pretty passionate about like, if we we could like take a kid out of a, the worst possible situation and find give that kid a home, yeah, um, that would be a, a beautiful thing that we could do. And so foster to adopt kind of became our what we what we wanted to do. And you know we found the agency that we wanted to work with, and we. We were really clear from the start that we wanted a baby that had a high likelihood of being placed up for adoption because that's not the, the, the idea of foster care is always reunification with the birth parents. And we, and and also the the greatest need in foster care are, is teenagers. And in New York city specifically, it's LGBTQ teens that have been kicked out of their homes. And we were kind of like, we really, really wanted a baby. And, and we were really upfront with our, our agency about that. And we went through all the training and all the certification and you know, you, you have to do the home studies and the background checks and the whole thing, the whole process takes many, many months. And we had been told if we wanted a baby that it could be a while after we got certified. And so I remember the day that we, after everything was finished, I walked into the agency with all of our papers to get our license. Yeah. We got our license that day. I went to work and that afternoon we got a call from the agency that they had a baby. Like now.
1: Gosh, it gives me chills every time. That is amazing. And we
0: were... I know it was, it was March and we, you know, Steve was, had gone back to school to get a second degree and we were waiting to like, quote, open our home until June. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden the baby was here and we, we needed to decide. It was like four o'clock. We had to decide by five o'clock and oh we were gonna say gosh. yes to this placement. And I'm calling Steve and I couldn't get him cause he was in class and I'm calling him and I'm calling him and I'm like, they have a baby and I don't know a lot. And, but they want to know if we, if we want the baby, we have to decide by five o'clock. And, and he was just kind of like, um, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yes, let's do this oh my gosh and start I, crying. you know yeah i know and they said to us like don't take the subway go home right now they're we're gonna call you back and we you know we will we need to reach you we need to play we need to get this baby to you tonight yeah and it was kind of crazy because we went home and then the placement didn't happen and oh, okay. we didn't hear from the agency and we we didn't know that was a thursday night all day friday we're calling and they're like yes and then we don't know and we don't know yes. when the baby's coming and if the baby doesn't come by five o'clock on friday it's not coming until monday it's yes. just the way this system works. yeah. And if it, could, th- so then the baby didn't come. And over the weekend, I was just, I couldn't get out of bed. I was like, I didn't know. I'm like, this placement isn't happening. It felt so right to me. Yeah. Um, and then Monday morning I was going to call the agency at like nine Oh five and be like, where's this baby? Steve went off to class and at like, you know, nine, 10 in the morning, I hear this car like pull up in front of our apartment and I looked out the window and there's this blue caravan, and I saw them open it up, and there was a baby in a my in a gosh. carrier, <laughs> and I was like, uh, 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 and I had the presence of mind, thank the Lord, to like grab my phone and take a picture, yes. and I, I have this picture that I post Aww. every year yeah. of them, you know, like bringing the baby from from the car, and I. I just, I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, this is our baby, this is our baby. And there was a knock on the door and I opened the door and it was a woman named Charmaine and she's like, hello, I'm here to drop off the baby. And everything's happened. She hands me like a bag of formula and then the carrier with the, with the baby. And she's like, you have clothes for the baby, right? Because this is all she has. And she she took the blanket off the baby. And the my daughter was born at Beth Israel Hospital yes. and the nurses had all gotten together and got her a onesie okay. that said... Okay. Now it said, I am a BI baby. So literally there's a little baby wearing a little onesie that said, I am a bi baby. And I was like, okay, this isn't the moment for jokes. I'm not going to, I'm going to save that for another time. I am a bi baby. <laughs> like Beth Israel, do better. Not that there's anything wrong with being a bi baby, but like, no, like that's hilarious. how do you not know that that's what people are immediately getting? <laughs> I am a bi baby. Like, oh <laughs> my God. So they hand me the baby. And, you know, as the woman is le- leaving, I, I she's like walking out the door. I'm like, what? And they're like, the just going to call you and we're going to set up all of the things that you need to set up for, yeah. the fo-, you know, it was a whole big thing. But I was like, what's her name? And she goes, oh, her name is Daisy. Oh, and I just melted. And I called Steve and I'm like, get home, get home. Right. Jason <laughs> loves to tell this part of the story. She's like, and then daddy. And then you called daddy and you were screaming into the phone, get home right now. There's a baby and I don't know how to take care of it. Uh, and so Steve gets on the subway and comes home and, and, and that was it. We had our baby and, wow. you know, that it was, that was day one.
1: Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. What an absolute roller coaster! And truly I know. to think about like sometimes it is kind of better when you don't have time to overthink something. Yes. You know?
0: 100%. You know, I... I. I miss that we didn't yet have the anticipation that people get to have when they know there's a baby coming. Sure. Um, But it, we had our own wild adventure. I'm a big, like, I'm a very, like, spiritual person. Yeah. And I, like, I'm a big, like, believer in God. I'm not like a religious person at all, but I'm a very, like, I'm a spiritual person. Sure, yeah. And I have all of these beliefs about things that happen when you die. Like, I believe that when I die, I get a clipboard with all of the answers to life's great mysteries. Love it. Like, I know who Went killed bad. JFK. I know all of the, how the pyramids <laughs> yes. got made. But I also believe that like i get to go back and like be in the delivery room when she was oh. born because that is i know adoptive parents who got to be there when their kid was born yes. i wish i wish i could have been there for that but i i believe that one day on the other side i'll get to see it
1: absolutely i am believing that with you and for you yes. i think that's the Thank only you. way heaven can be heaven for 100%. you 100 so, yeah yeah. Absolutely. Um, I really love that. And I do think that, and first of all, also, I have loved hearing the Daisy stories. She is such a character.
0: I remember- She is such a character.
1: This is how far back I remember listening to TCO. And I don't even know if you remember this, but you and Jillian used to like, before you were like kind of talking before you get into the conversation about the documentary. And Daisy yeah. was like, there was a moment where she was kind of like maybe seeing ghosts or hearing yes. ghosts.
0: And there would it's be like a an update vers- every week. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The very first moment of the very first episode is me telling Jillian that Daisy had a ghost. And and she did. She had a ghost. Yeah. In her room. And she and like she would tell when she was like, I was like two, she would tell us about the ghost.
1: Yes. Yes. I remember that. And then all the other hilarious wild. Daisy stories through the years and her hamster and all of the drama. And oh,
0: <laughs> Daisy Speedy Hamster. And then she had Daisy Speedy Clam was her next pet. Now she's got a dog. Yes. She is such a wild kid. And- She's so amazing. She's like a really sporty kid, which is like Steve and I are, that's not us at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we get to see this whole other side of life. Like she's on soccer teams and rock climbing. and yes. So we get to experience all that with her. It's very, it's, being a parent is the absolute best. It's
1: so fun. Except it's, for
0: when it's not. It's except also for worst. when it's but, so stressful.
1: Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's the highs and lows for sure. I really love yeah. how that. Just thinking about that being open and that willingness to say yes kind of even ties back to what we were saying before about like not being a you know not letting imposter syndrome hold you back from something. There's so many yeah. ways that you and Steve could have looked at the challenges ahead of you and been like, "Well, should we or shouldn't we, or maybe yeah. maybe this isn't for us, but you both of you it seems like really listen to your intuition and your heart and totally were able to stay open. To whatever life brought.
0: There's so much uncertainty with going through the foster care system if you want to become a, a family because, you know, it's not really designed for that. And yeah. I will be honest and say that, like, they they don't really when you tell them that you want to foster to adopt. They're they don't they're not super upfront about the fact that like that doesn't always happen. Right. You kind of learn that along the way. Yes. And um, at least that was our experience in our in our case, mm-hmm. and we really knew that that like we were in danger of like falling in love with this kid Mm. and then having her reunited with her birth parents and and never seeing her again. Yeah, But there was just something about it that felt so right to me that it was sort of like, and to Steve, that it was sort of like, whatever happens here, this is meant to be part of our journey. Right. Um, and now I can't imagine it any other way. Like, I, I say to Daisy all the time, like, I believe that we were born to be together. Yes. I believe that we were put on this earth to be a family, the three of us. And, yes. uh, I, and, I, and I just, I strongly believe it.
1: I think that's such an interesting theme through all of your stories is this idea of, like, meant to be. And that even yeah. when you feel like, like, you start down a path and you start to realize, okay, this maybe wasn't the right path or this isn't the right time for this choice, that even still, you can still find your way back into that sort of path of like, this is what was meant to be kind of thing.
0: 100%. Yeah. And it's not always easy. I don't mean to make it sound like I wake up every day full of confidence and and like, you know, I absolutely get beat down and I have hard times and bad days, but I really do. And the older I get and the more times I experience a bad thing that ended up being a good thing. You know, the more often that happens, the more then the next time you are going through a hard time, you think this is just part of my story. As hard as it is right now, this is, I, you know, my, I'm a big believer in taking the lessons from every hard thing, yes, you know, yes. that like if the one good thing to come out of a hard time it, are the lessons. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's hard to remember that, but I'm 45 now. When I was in my twenties or thirties, I don't think I would have been able to be self-aware like that. Yes, But you know, like when you go through a hard time, the only good thing you can get out of it is the lesson, Absolutely. you know, and you ha- like you have to try to hold on to that.
1: And I do think that is such a gift of our forties and, and hopefully beyond is to be able to have that experience to be able to look back at all of these other paths and decisions and how they turned out and to know like this may not have turned out the way I hoped but it all did it's all part of like you said part of the story it's all part of how this was all being woven together on kind of like a bigger like like you said spiritual level so yeah so good Patrick, this book, I, I know people have been waiting, salivating, just anticipating oh. for months. It's out this week. So yes. if people want to find Failure is Not Not an Option, where is the best place yep. to go and find it?
0: So you can find Failure is Not not an Option anywhere you get your books. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, it'll be in bookstores. Um, one thing that I've been doing since j- January that I've really loved that I'm continuing to do, I do what I call Patrick's Traveling Book Party where I've taken one of the chapters of the book and turned it into a kind of a show. I read the chapter, yeah. but I, I sort of tell the story through also like pictures and video clips. It's chapter two about like my high school drama club drama yes. and my first love. And it's very dramatic and I have, it's very funny and I have like, um videos of me like in musicals when i was in high school it's a very funny show it's about an hour um i'm doing that i'm continuing to tour with that as well Yeah. so um you can if you want to get the information on all of that you can go to patrickfails.com i love it (laughs) where you can also buy the book and you can find out about the show and where i'm coming and so it's all there patrickfails.com
1: okay and if we want to find you on social media just to see what hijinks you're up to where's the best place to find you there
0: so Instagram and TikTok, I'm Patrick Hines underscore. My last name is spelled weird. It's H-I-N-D-S. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's Patrick Hines underscore. And we produce content there like every day. We're always doing silly stuff.
1: So silly. So fun. Um, <laughs> if you want to find me on social media, you can find me at Sorta Awesome Meg. And you can find this show by searching Sorta Awesome wherever you are. Patrick, this has been so fun. This has just been an Thank absolute you. delight. So Thank great. Thank you for
0: having me. What a great time. This has been amazing.
1: Thank you so much. Awesome, thanks so much for listening. We'll see y'all next time. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free to play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s.